Welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. I'm your co-host, Joe, with host Mel. Read us in. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. I'm going to shoot everyone straight on this. Mel, can I see that list over there? Mel and I have, if you're watching on YouTube, holding up this list of all this research that we hired a keyword person to do to search all the topics that parents are searching for and asking questions about. Some of them are very valuable and we're doing episodes on them. It's very rare you'll get us to do something that we don't feel passionate about. It's not like we're going to say, discover the one sentence secret to change your family life forever. (laughs) It's not that we're bad at marketing and I know those clickbait titles do help people click and find themselves in the video. So I'm not knocking them. It's just not our style. And I am finding a lot of the questions that parents are asking are not the right questions. Unfortunately, they're asking very tactical questions where they're looking for the one little sentence that they can change. They're asking what they can do to their children. I mentioned this on the strong family project podcast before this is a whole unit. And it's, yes, you are a parent and a leader, but if you're, there's thousands and thousands of people that search something like, what are two ways I can increase my child's intelligence? Okay. Like that's a okay question, but we need to take a step back and talk about family culture and everything behind it. It's not, Hey, have them read this book and do this thing. It's not as simple as that. And we would be doing you a disservice if we got on here and just searched the keywords and just made flashy titles and tried to make a channel grow based on clickbaity headlines. We're going to talk about the real stuff today. It's stuff that we haven't really heard talked anywhere else. And I think it's really valuable for you. But unfortunately, that means for us that not a lot of people are going to search the content that we're providing for you today. So long story short. If we're providing you value, we do need you to share the podcast. That's the only way it'll spread. Otherwise, we got to go down the other path of chasing clickbaity headlines and all that other stuff. We'd rather provide you the straight high value content. You just say, you know what? Joe and Mel hooked me up. I'm going to hook them up with a little bit of a share or an introduction to my friends. I'm going to email this episode to a, fa- a family, text it over to somebody. It doesn't always have to be a social media share. So we're going to get into today's episode. It's on assets and value that you can provide as individuals to your family that probably no one will search, but is one of the most valuable concepts to talk about. I shared this concept on the front porch with a friend of mine that I really respect his thoughts on his family. And he's wow, I've never really heard it explained like that. And he started writing in his daughter's journal about it to help teach his kids it. And it made a big impact in my life because this person's a great parent and to have this language that we use with our children and not be able to not have shared it. I apologize. We're going to share it today. Mel, what do you got? I want to start by saying it's an important mindset shift slash including new language in your home. So you just mentioned that, but ever since we started talking and teaching our kids how to be an asset, how to bring value. Now I simply ask that question to them in situations. I'll say, how can you bring value to this situation? So I appreciate if there's any takeaway that you can just add that question into your language vocabulary with your family life. And I think it'll make a big difference. When people hear the word asset, they start to blank out (laughs) balance sheets, assets, liabilities, high school economics class, or wherever you might have heard it before. And yes, you should probably know what assets and liabilities are if you're running a 
uh, your household. Assets are things that provide, let's make it real simple. Assets are things that provide value. Liabilities are things that, that take value away. And we use that language with the kids because we do want them to understand the language so that they can become a little bit more financially savvy. But this is not at all a financial discussion today. This is how can you be an asset to the team that you're playing on? I can improve my skills. I can be coachable. When other kids are getting fired up on the soccer team, I can help them calm down. That is you being an asset. And they, when they start thinking about like, how do I provide value to this situation? Number one, it builds their self-confidence because now they can see themselves as someone who can provide value to a situation. And also it reframes how I'm not, how can I improve versus detract from the situation? I'm not going to be the kid that acts out because I'm a liability to the team. I'm not going to be the kid that doesn't show up prepared because now I'm going to detract from the situation. And if they start thinking themselves, someone who can provide value, then they really improve their own perception of themselves. Well, I'd like to start with a concrete example because this happened a few months ago, and I think this is what jump-started us on including this language in our family. So we were doing a family workout downstairs, and one of our kids was detracting from the situation. Fooling around. He was fooling around. He was doing his set, and then he'd walk away and do something Cutting else. Cutting his rep shorts, which I don't tolerate. <laughs> right. Large offense in my book. And it was clearly detracting from everybody's experience and his own because he's not getting the full value out of the workout. So you stopped the workout, and you had a conversation with him about basically assets and liabilities. Are you being an asset in this situation? Or are you being a liability? Are you adding value to this family workout and experience or are you taking away from it? And the way you explained it, it just clicked for me. And then for him, within five minutes, he was making different choices. He was offering to put weights away, offering to pull out whatever we needed for the next workout, whether it's a mat or a weight or whatever piece of equipment. So just that quick shift. now. This does require constant gentle pressure. It's not every day since then. He's always just been an asset. But the fact that we introduced the language and in that scenario, he immediately was able to start making better decisions and adding to the situation. And it made for a much better experience for everyone. But just the fact that you took the time, paused the workout and had that important conversation, it really, I could sense the shift. And I think that's the day and the moment that this became forefront for our family. If you're looking to discover the three secrets of an emotionally intelligent child, <laughs> this is going to be one of them because here's the other side of the conversation that is absolutely critical. And I picked this up when I was doing community emergency response training. And so here's the situation outside of family life. Community emergency response training, uh, the CERT program is trying to teach us how to be assets to our family and our community in a disaster. So if there's a massive snowstorm, and plows aren't getting out and you can't travel anywhere. No one can get to your house. How do you keep yourself safe and your neighbor safe? How are you an asset to your neighborhood by learning these skills? And okay, I get that. But here's the other piece of it that I didn't quite connect. And they, the emergency response people who take the 911 calls are saying, here's one of the most frustrating things that people don't understand is that they are liabilities in the situation when they call us in a non-emergency that they can't handle themselves. So calling because, hey, my power is out in my oxygen machine or I'm out of insulin. Okay, like those are emergencies. Perhaps you should have prepared for that. Perhaps you should have a generator if you need power. And perhaps you should have more than a week supply, more than 24-hour supply if a snowstorm's coming. But here's what happens. They're going to come save you. 
they're going to take a plow truck off the road that's helping all the other drivers, and they're going to take a police officer, and that plow truck's going to plow its way to your house, and the police officer's going to follow, and they're going to have to basically save your life from the situation that you're put in. The liability part happens, and that plow truck and that police officer can help no one else. You have taken that asset out of play because you weren't prepared. Everyone else on the road is now stuck. Anyone else in emergency situations now stuck because you detracted by not being ready. And that is a very acute situation. And it is possible if you break down and you don't have the right skill set to help save yourself, now you need to take an asset out of society to save you because you aren't prepared and you're not taking your life seriously. You always think someone's going to fly in and save you. And since Superman doesn't exist, that doesn't happen. You have to learn how to build your own skills. So here's what I mean and how I explained it in the workout. I said, hey, listen, I'm trying to do my set. Your mom's doing her workout. Your younger brother's looking up to you and you're thinking acting around and goofing out just affects you. Now I can't do my exercise because I need to stop and correct you. Your younger brother is going to see that giggling around and assume giggling means good. And now they're going to start following your role modeling and your mom's not going to get her training program done. This workout's going to take 20 minutes longer. Now she's going to be pressed for time when she goes up to make your morning shakes and we're behind on our day's activities. That's the emotional intelligent piece because they don't think like that initially. And that's completely normal for them to not think outside themselves. They just think I'm goofing around. I, like, this is just me. When you start to regularly explain the full situation and think, I thought goofing around just affected me, but now I, I don't want to be the one that screws up our time leaving. I don't want to be the one that stresses out mom when she's helping me by making me my morning shake. I don't want to throw off her workout. I don't want to screw up dad while he's trying to get his things done. I didn't think about it like that. I just thought about how I was acting in the situation. And when they start to connect the dots by you explaining more fully and calmly, they start to build an incredible amount of emotional intelligence on what's going on in situations that they're in. Yeah, a big piece of growing up is learning that you affect others around you. With little babies, like you, they, they are the center of their world. And as kids start to grow up, I think oftentimes parents assume they're just going to learn the lesson. But we try to take the time to verbalize the lesson to them that constant gentle pressure, introducing an idea. Even as adults, we can hear something and say, wow, I never thought about it that way. So we try to take those opportunities to teach the kids that so they can have a new idea to think about. And like you said, emotional intelligence, it really is figuring out how your choices, your words impact those around you. I used a simple example before on a different podcast just about, hey, if you leave your stuff around, someone else has to pick it up. And that is affecting the people around you. So your choices affect others. How can I be an asset? I can walk around and make sure I've cleaned up everything. How can I bring value? I can uh, offer to play with my brother when he's feeling down. Like it's always now seeking out ways to provide value. So I think that's the ultimate goal is when you take the time to discuss this with your kids, to bring it up, to have that constant gentle pressure. The goal eventually is that they will think of it on their own. And now they see themselves as, as people who can provide value when they, hey, can you play with your younger brother for a little while? Yeah, I can do that. I can provide value. Can you read him a book while we're doing this thing? Yeah, I can contribute and add value that way. And you can start seeing these wins stack up in their mind that they are providing value. It, it is so much about communication and framing and how you say it. So that's why I want to shoot this episode. It's not like, hey, like I'm so busy. Can you just do this thing for me? 
the outcome is the same, but the communication perception is different. So they're not going to get the self-confidence value and they're not going to improve their emotional intelligence when you don't deliver the message calmly and clearly and explain the full situation like that. Yeah, that's so important what you said. This morning we said we need to shoot a bunch of podcasts. It's going to take probably over two hours. Here's an opportunity, This we're speaking mostly to the older two, for you to add value and contribute to Everett's life, to your life in some way downstairs. So we could have just said, listen, we're busy for two hours, go do something. But instead, when you phrase it as, here's an opportunity for you to provide value, here's an opportunity to work on some kind of skill that shifts how they think about themselves. And a simple example for Everett, since this applies to little ones as well, and we've talked about this many times, but at the dinner table, the way he provides value is by asking us our gratitude for the day. He gets to choose who's going to speak next. That's his way of adding value. He feels valuable because he can do that for the family. Your kid is never too young to find some way for them to add value. It's really incredible. Or Henry and Everett often play soccer in the other room by my desk. And this is a wonderful way for Henry to provide value to Everett. He plays with him. He's learning, teaching him the skills, hand-eye coordination. Everett's gotten quite good. And then Everett's pumped up because of it. So now it's almost, it used to be like Henry having to teach Everett. Now Everett's skill set is so much higher. Like they're playing with each other. They've provide each other value because now Henry has a playmate at home to do this with and doesn't have to wait till he's on the field or something. So it builds on itself, like you said, there's those wins and you see the kids grow and get stronger. It's really cool to watch them grow, but it's that consistency of the language and the clarity of how you explain it to them. Let me give you a couple more examples so you can find some in your own life. Let's take, uh, we just did an episode on healthy eating that was released on uh, both YouTube and our podcast platforms. And it was talking about what do we do if the kids don't like dinner? There's three or four healthy options that they know how to make themselves. They don't get to take mom and dad's time to then make them something separate because they don't want it. It's understandable to not want a meal. You need to provide value by solving that problem and showing up at the table with the food from the options that we chose by yourself. And you're not detracting from the time spent. Such a huge frustration that parents have is I have to make two or three dinners and I'm tired because my kids won't eat what I make. Let them provide value and solve that for themselves by you giving them a couple and out. Go listen to the whole episode on, on the healthy family eating if you want some more on it. Another one is the morning routine. Things need to run well in the morning because we have a lot going on and we need to get out the door. There is time associated with it. And so the kids have their chores, their, their opportunities to contribute to the family, and they do a great job at them every morning. However, they just get out of bed tired and they come upstairs. Now it takes your energy to boost them up and, oh, let me get your backpack, get your stuff. Now you're doing all the work for them. It's zapping your energy. They become a liability and you're not explaining it well to them because now you can't deliver on what you need to do because they've detracted from this situation and you have not taught them how to improve that yet. And so there's another couple examples on how you could use it in your own life. And then this spills over because earlier this week you were out of town. I had to go open a bank account. And I, with our kids being a little older, we can leave them home. But I can only do that. I feel confident leaving them here because they are assets, because they add value. I know they can prepare a meal for themselves and their little brother. I know that they know what to do to reach me if they need to. I, they, we've taught them these skills over time, and they see themselves as assets. And actually leaving them home for a little while on their own, 
helps them grow to be even more valuable because they found things to do. And sometimes they set things up, like they'll put my computer in the kitchen because that's how they're going to reach me if they need to. And they're prepared and they feel good about being prepared. Or the other day, we're going down to the creek and Everett and I want to walk through the creek together. Logan and Henry decided they wanted to ride their bikes down. So I said, okay, meet me down there with your bikes, whatever. Not only did they ride their bikes down, they had prepared a backpack with their swimsuit just in case. They had brought their RC uh, crawler and RC boat. Like they had thought through how they were going to add value in the situation to have more fun at the creek. It was really cool. And that what I didn't say to them, hey, make sure you bring this and this. They thought of it on their own because they're thinking outside of the box. They're thinking bigger. My friend Vince always says, don't do for kids what they can do themselves. Don't go swooping in and try to do it because it's not teaching them how to provide value to their own lives. It's doing them a disservice when you're constantly needy by providing them something so that you feel good about it or get the gratitude yourself. Or because it'll just be faster. Like I oftentimes want to just do things for them because it'll be less messy and quicker. But I've shifted my mindset where if I allow them to do it, not only will it, it will take longer, maybe it'll be more messy, but I know they're going to gain a skill from it. I enjoy not saying a lot, very many people, but you see, hear me say the names because I am forever grateful for the lessons I learn. I just think about, and I'm a quieter and I like to just think about what people take their time to share with me. And so I just mentioned one from a friend, Vince, I'll mention one from another uh, good friend, Carly. She says in a marketing perspective, because we've done business work together, we should be aware of how you show up. Like, hey, we're going to show up for people this way. We want to show up for them this way. Like, hey, if we're doing a, a community relationship project, we want to make sure that we show up extra for these people. You, you can start using that phrase. Like, be aware of how you show up. Be aware of how you show up in the morning. Be aware how you show up at the dinner table. Be aware of how you show up at school. Be aware of how you show up at work or whatever it is. Have some awareness around whether you're providing value, you're an asset to that situation, or you're acting out and detracting. Sometimes we do that as adults. I've been there before where I've come unprepared for things. And I feel guilty. Like, shoot, like someone had to give me something that they had because I didn't bring it with me. It was a, a little bit of a liability in that scenario. Go ahead. So last year in school, Henry's teacher, she was great, Miss Riffle. And she did this thing with the kids where whenever they would say they weren't good at something, they'd have to change it and make it positive. And oftentimes they would add the word yet. So I'm not good at math facts. You're not good at math facts yet. So I think sometimes what is helpful here is if you realize that there's a skill that would help a child or even you as an adult be an asset and bring value, that you don't have that skill yet, point that out. Yeah, we don't have this skill. How can we then attain it? Maybe as a family, maybe as an individual. But asking yourself yet, I'm not good at this yet, I think is a really great way to identify where you're lacking and where you can grow as a family. I've got two more quick points on this. One is that we'll get into an episode on social currency. Mel, write that down. That's going to be a very important concept to chat on as well. But understand that if you're always talking financial value, you're always talking how much money can you make, how much money things are, what things cost, what you can buy, what you can't buy, quote unquote, or don't want to buy, don't want to allocate your resources for. The kids assume that money is the ultimate determinant of value. I encourage you to sp spread their vision and say that those actions provide value. 
their gratitude provides value to your life. Start to celebrate other ways that value is provided other than just money and make a huge habit of that. It is a life changer. If they can start seeing the things that they do as equal to as uh, how much money something is, what can they contribute to the situation while their value, their time, their effort, and those values need to, need to be thanked and appreciated, even if it's coming from a five-year-old. We, I asked the kids to write what they think success is, and I specifically in the question said, and not just financial. Like being successful, there are so many different pieces of it, and it's not just money. I think it's important for kids to realize that you can be valuable, you can be an asset, and it has nothing to do with money. My last thing I wanted to, to question, and I can go first while you think on it if you need it. Give an example of a time where you provided immense value to a situation. I have an example for you. <laughs> I have to think of one for me. Which one? The one recently. I'll sh I can share that one while you're thinking. Okay. Good example, because we were talking the community emergency response training, and we moved out here to wilderness first aid. I've always done first aid in the fitness industry to make sure that I was prepared to keep clients safe when needed. And yesterday I was driving home, and a gentleman goes ripping by on his motorcycle, and can't navigate the corners up this mountain pass motorcycle kicks out he goes tumbling rolling over motorcycle pins his, his arm underneath it is a, a mess no helmet on a lot of his i'm trying to think of a pleasant way like a lot basically a lot of his skin kind of got the cheese grater experience from riding down the road right arm it's just road rash it's all red side of the face and i since he had ripped past me i was very close to him behind him Another gentleman stopped and used his truck to block the lane because it's a two-lane highway. This guy's pinned underneath the motorcycle on the highway. And fortunately, the person in front of me stopped, put his four ways on to block that lane. I went around and blocked uh, the front so no one's coming in because it's right around a tight corner. There is no, there's no side on this road. It's a mountain on both sides. There's nowhere to put them. And so I was able to, to take that time that I invested in the training to grow my skills as the asset to the situation. And the person who stopped first was a great man who really wanted to help the situation, but he didn't have any of the skills. So we we're like, all right, we need to decide what to do. And since I was a certified first responder, I was able to navigate the situation a little bit to basically we can't, we have to assess the, the, is it safe for him to stay there? No because there's still cars squeezing by the other lane, like honking at us and upset that the traffic is stopped while we're trying to save this guy who's in a dire situation because a couple of days prior, a motorcycle crashed in the exact same area, took the person's life. This is no joke. And I was able to, to, to lift up the motorcycle that he's pinned underneath the other guy. I was able to roll him out. We were able to get him to the side. He stood the motorcycle up and we were able to uh, provide some assistance to him and keep him calm because that's part of the training. Assess the injuries, not too pretty of a situation, but to just stay calm so that he would stay calm and not panic because it could have been much worse had he been pinned on there. Had there we the two myself and this other person not stopped to get him out of the road to not have the strength to lift the motorcycle, not have the skills to get him to the side and speak calmly because it. Five years ago, I'd been like, whoa, <laughs> wow. Like, like, part of your face is missing. This is not good. <laughs> I was calling 911. I had some bottles of water in the car. I had some first aid kit in my car, and I was able to help contribute to that situation, largely along with the other gentleman. And then a few minutes later, someone who was a, 
a firefighter stopped and took they had higher training than me so took over the the situation then the emt stopped and then the police arrived and then the ambulance came and i had to move my truck so the ambulance could park there but it was a dire situation for a little while there there's just two of us there and cars zipping by and someone pinned underneath a motorcycle that is badly injured and having to make a call versus just being like i don't know what to do and just slowly driving by or not making eye contact with it that so many people did yeah that's a powerful example I thought of two for myself because I think this might relate to some people. One is I had I homeschooled my kids for a year, and I have a lot of uh, respect for people that homeschool all the time. <laughs> it really is a very selfless act, and it requires you to provide value to your kids every day above and beyond the regular parenting stuff. You're basically their teacher, and they become their own teacher in some ways. But I, but when I did that for a year, I think I provided immense value to them. I learned, and I also in turn learned a lot more about them and their styles of learning and who they are. And the other piece that's more recent is in the last six to nine months or so, we have taken on this task of finding healthier ways to eat. And we now have a whole list, and we're going to do a podcast on this of all the different foods that we make at home on our own. And we've gotten into a good groove now, but I think I provide great value in that way. I prepare so much of that. For example, we make kombucha, which I'm drinking while we do this podcast, and sourdough, and at least 10 things that we now make at home. And I, that provides value to us as a family. It, it see, the kids can see that there's other ways of doing it than just dependence on the store all the time or on going out. And it's created, it's brought us closer together and just made us a healthier family. So that's a piece of, that's value that I think I contribute now day to day. I think you glossed over that first one a little bit (laughs) too quickly. I think you provided immense value to the family in a way that I could have not made it work with as busy as we are, as chaotic as the world was, as uh, stressed as the kids were about what was going to happen next, whether was school going to open, were they not going to open? I'm running the company and you stepped up and provided immense value to the family to provide some calm in a very, in the eye, be the eye in the storm and provide a little bit of calm so that the kids could have a regular daily routine when the whole world was to step turned upside down. I think that provided immense value. So great job. I want to thank you for that again. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. We're going to lean into some of these more difficult conversations like we're having today that, hey, they might not tickle the Google's fancy. So we really encourage and need you to share it. Send it over to a friend, text it to a buddy. If this can help somebody else out, it provides us with a lot of great feedback. And you can download the seven steps of Strong Family Path over at strongfamilyproject.com. Thank you for listening.